Welcome everybody to another episode of Data Science at Home. Today I'm not going to speak about machine learning, artificial intelligence and uh, data science. I would like to talk about security of communication and privacy, especially now that political instabilities are driving leaders towards decisions that will definitely affect people on a global scale. So I will put data science and machine learning on a pause, at least for this episode, being the content of this one equally important, if not more. Welcome to Data Science at Home, the podcast about data science for small companies and large enterprises. Data Science at Home is a show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. As a matter of fact, people are cultivating quite bad habits in the way they communicate, especially on the internet. Many are putting their digital life in the hands of those who manage social networks and who claim that they are facilitating the way to communicate. People are placing their emails in the hands of those who say they are not evil. And people are surfing and searching the internet with the tools provided by those who say they do care of their data and open the doors to security agencies upon request or worse, keep the doors open to intruders and criminals. As a consequence of this kind of superficial behavior with respect to communication, governments and corporations have secured a position that is extremely uncomfortable and very, very dangerous for all of us. It is time to stop this and use powerful technologies that are definitely affordable. The scenario of sharing a document with a co-worker or a friend on Google Drive, together with some emails and, of course, some calls on Hangout, is without loss of generality, extremely rich of traces in the hands of, well, just one provider. The same provider can and will build a complete profile of their users, of what they write about, how connected they are to other peers, and much more. This is not enough considering the fact that this behavior will be reiterated massively over a billion other users, every day, forever. And I already hear people saying, I have nothing to hide. These are the words usually said by those who do not make the effort to secure their communications. Sure, nobody has anything to hide. If that were true, it would clearly clash with the fact that the same people who say that are used to lock their doors and text instead of shouting when they are in public, not to disclose very futile facts like what they're gonna eat for dinner. Communication that is meant to be private should stay so. That's what I think. One more subtle scenario is the one of small and large companies that do not pay much attention to how their data and communications flow before reaching their destination. This information is usually stored for years and can be easily accessed anytime by their own providers, who sometimes are also their competitors. By the time I'm speaking, very few people and organizations can claim to have some kind of control over their communications. Even those few cases where encryption is used are not always safe. Encryption is performed by keys that should stay secret, 
and that are used to lock and unlock plain text or bits in general. If these secret keys are not in the user's possession, the whole encryption mechanism does not make sense. Google Drive and Gmail, just to name a few services that many heavily use, and I'm really not excluding myself, do not provide their users the keys of their communications. This simply means that they can read all users' documents and emails anytime they want or they are asked to. Reading content is essential for companies like Google or Facebook in order to personalize search and advertisement for their users, which is also the main reason why all these services are actually free of charge. I hear you. These companies have amazing data warehouses that are well protected against hackers. Sure, that's true. That, however, still gives them the ability to access information or, as happened already many times in the past, to give access to governments whenever they make or impose their requests. Moreover, nobody can guarantee that those emails and documents will stay in the same security conditions for the entire lifetime. Without getting to the details of the mathematics behind encryption, as mentioned before, encryption is performed via keys. Whenever corporations claim they are protecting users' data with encryption, they're actually not telling the whole story. For instance, they usually keep the keys, which, as said before, make the entire encryption process just useless. In order to overcome such an unpleasant situation, many secure communication protocols have been created, one of the most prominent so far is the zero-knowledge protocol, which does not require any external knowledge to prove that a statement, which is usually a mathematical statement, is true. This means that with a zero-knowledge protocol, the provider knows nothing about the user's data, and they cannot do anything to decrypt data, which is physically, yes, in their possession, but without keys, they cannot read it. Implementing the zero-knowledge protocol and making sure that it is correctly deployed is not as easy as people think, but the interested user should not worry more, as most of the software that we are all using today has an equivalent that speaks the zero-knowledge language. So here is my list of alternatives to guarantee secure communications whenever required. But first, a little break. Challenge us with your unique problems. Many organizations and industry leverage our analytical capabilities for any problem involving big data, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Our expertise in data science and deep learning is transforming healthcare, finance, and social media. Discover the knowledge that is in your data. Contact worldofpiggy.com. The search engine. As a matter of fact, Google Search has been accused to return biased results on queries that are too personalized. Maybe this is a side effect, maybe not. What really matters is that what I search might return different results over time, not just because the web is a dynamic per se, but also because my interest can change. In order to do this, Google collects all our personal queries for further analysis, store them for long periods, and never let us know who reads what. Assuming that people usually do not lie to their search engine, 
It turns out that Google knows our most intimate secrets, what we think, what we want, what we like, our doubts about facts and people, and so on. DuckDuckGo is a more discrete search engine that does not track the users, does not store the queries, and just returns whatever the user asks for. And no, bias is not included. Email and metadata. Email analytics is the most subtle out there for two reasons. The first is that people write very intimate and confidential messages today via private email. And the second is that while content can be encrypted, it is much more difficult to guarantee encryption of metadata. Metadata is all data that is required by email servers to deliver the message to its destination. Therefore, even in the very rare case email content has been encrypted, metadata are still telling the story of who is sending to whom. For instance, by analyzing the frequency of messages sent to a friend first, or a relative, then to an oncologist, then to a psychologist, can disclose a very clear situation. The sender has health or mental issues. It is the pattern of communication that is valuable here. Tutanota is an open source secure email service that takes care of encrypting emails without the pain of storing secret keys. End-to-end -end encryption is guaranteed also on email attachments and security and confidentiality are enforced by a unique point of access to the Tutanota servers. This allows users to communicate using their web browser, mobile device or Android iPhone applications. Tutanota also allows creation of email addresses for personal domain to guarantee secure communications, especially in a business setting. As for storage, 10 gigabyte costs as much as one coffee per month. Another valid alternative is ProtonMail, which has very similar features with a slightly different pricing model. Cloud computing and data storage. As mentioned earlier, basically all cloud storage services do not offer any confidentiality feature, and when they do, they prefer to keep the secret keys for them, which allow them to read whatever has been stored on their servers. Google Drive, Dropbox, or just Box all have the same issues in terms of privacy and encryption. Moreover, users' data is not only accessible to them, but also to whoever breaks into their servers, as already happened at Dropbox and Yahoo, for instance. There are two major secure cloud storage providers worth mentioning, SpiderOak and Trezorit. I've got the chance to try Trezorit, who activated a premium account for wordofpiggy.com and 10 more users. Needless to say that I found it really impressive, being 100% compatible with Mac, Linux, Windows, and mobile platforms Android and iPhone. Behind a very intuitive interface to share local directories and create so-called treasures to keep private or share with co-workers and friends, there is an AES-256 client-side encryption that is fast and secure as it should be. One very interesting feature is the versioning of shared documents that keeps track of who is changing what maintaining very strict security policies over time, a bit in the flavor of uh, Google Drive. All documents are synced across devices that can be attached or detached from a very intuitive dashboard. Behind all this, a zero-knowledge encryption protocol 
guarantees that Treasury themselves cannot read users' data at all, not even if they were under control by NSA. That would be actually very difficult being Treasury servers in Europe with data warrants by Swiss privacy law from which US government, frankly, have a lot to learn. Surfing the internet anonymously, Tor. Tor is a free software that plays a role against network surveillance. This is one of the most subtle forms of surveillance as it is not only invisible as many other forms of surveillance, but also usually not implemented in any of the client applications such as a browser or any messaging app. The concept behind Tor is very simple yet effective. All the requests bounce around a distributed network of relays around the world while encrypting all packets and following different routing paths all the time. This mechanism prevents somebody from intercepting one's communications, website visited or media downloaded, keeping the location of that user always secret. While Tor has been designed to run on any desktop application by setting a proxy that forwards requests to the Tor network rather than the wild internet, it is now possible to extend this protection to mobile platforms too, in particular Android. In studying Orbot and Orfox, which is the Tor browser, you can do the trick. All the traffic from Twitter can also be forwarded to the Tor proxy in order to obfuscate the location of the tweets one sends. A password manager. Keeping all the passwords that you might be using during your workday is not easy, especially when they all differ. Because they do differ, right? KeyPass is a free open source password manager assisting users to securely manage their passwords. The attempt of Chrome and Firefox browser to sync passwords and forms across devices literally puts in the hands of the same providers once passwords hashed from the client. While it is mathematically impossible to reconstruct the password from its hashed version, it is still possible to use those hashes to authenticate, of course, unless two-factor authentication mechanisms are in place. I personally do not encourage to store passwords hashes on the cloud for obvious reasons, I do suggest to keep them into a password manager like KeePass, which locks the password database with a password after encrypting it with AES or TwoFish. Storing the local database onto an encrypted file system or a shared one with Trezorit or SpiderOak would add another level of security, which is frankly only available to the most paranoid users. Mobile communications. Mobile communications are probably the most at risk, just for the fact that people use more their phone rather than laptop. WhatsApp has been accused several times for leaving backdoors open or forgot by purpose or by mistake. Well, these mistakes allow WhatsApp employees to read users' messages even when they have been encrypted from the device. As WhatsApp uses a proprietary protocol and app, it is still not possible to verify that what they claim is indeed the truth. Telegram, a more secure mobile messaging application, does it better with security and confidentiality as their client code is open source. Their backend, however, is not, which leads again to a scenario that is not possible to fully verify. 
the only mobile messaging app that does it correctly, in my opinion, being fully open is Signal. It does not need anything more than a phone number just to receive the authentication code, and then you're ready to go. It uses true end-to-end -end encryption to secure all communications to other Signal users. Of course, these are all suggestions, and, and you really should not apply all of these to all your communications. I think there should be a trade-off between what can be transferred in clear and what you better protect. This trade-off can only be decided by yourself, of course, the only one who knows what is really critical and what is probably not. As a matter of fact, there are very interesting technologies at our disposal and very affordable ones. We just have the choice of using them. Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. Hey, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and help this podcast reach more ears. So tell your friends and colleagues that we exist. We will really appreciate it.